Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Accessible Intellect, the podcast where I talk about things that I find interesting in a way that will hopefully be of some value to you. Today, I'm going to be talking about New Year's resolutions and goal setting, which is very relevant right now, as 2024 is just a few days away as I'm recording this. I'm not completely sure, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and written specific New Year's resolutions. Usually when I have something I need to improve or want to accomplish, I just start right then and there. But I totally get why New Year's feels like an especially perfect time to make a change. With the calendar resetting back to ones and a brand new year, it feels like a fresh start and an opportunity to make a change or even reinvent ourselves in a small or large way. And so yes, I am making some New Year's resolutions for 2024. Luckily for you, this episode is not about my New Year's resolutions, because I'm sure that would be very boring for you. Rather, I'm going to be discussing some ideas that I have about New Year's resolutions and goal setting in general that you may or may not choose to apply to your own process of choosing what you'd like to improve in your life in the new year. And if you aren't planning on setting any specific New Year's resolutions, I encourage you to still stick around, because everything I'm going to be talking about today can really be applied to any goal setting scenario. And odds are, you aren't exactly where you want to be in life, and therefore have some goals, whether you formally flesh them out or not. I'm really big on goal setting, and so this is a topic that's really fun for me to discuss. I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff in this one. So, without further ado, let's get into it. There's two things that I want to bring up before we get into the advice that I have around New Year's resolutions. The first thing is that a lot of people tend to have a really cynical attitude when it comes to New Year's resolutions, which I think comes from the stereotype of people having goals to get in shape in January, and by February, they've canceled their gym membership. And while I'm sure this sort of situation does happen fairly often around the new year, I don't actually see it as such a bad thing. Sure, the scenario could be summarized as someone failing to meet their New Year's goals, but it could also be summarized as someone exercising for three weeks who doesn't normally exercise. And I think that's a really big win, even if it didn't end up playing out in the long run. Working out for three weeks in the beginning of every year is better than working out for zero weeks, so it's without a doubt a net positive. This really plays into the idea of having a winning mindset over a losing mindset, which I dive deep into in the second episode about exercise that I made, so I really recommend that you check that out. In fact, if any of your resolutions are related to exercise at all, I'd recommend that you listen to both episodes about exercise because they really do have an emphasis on having a healthy relationship with the ways that we move our bodies. And I feel like around the new year, those sorts of conversations can get really lost amongst those that are really hyper-focused on losing weight. But anyway, I think the cynicism around New Year's resolutions is not only unnecessary, but it also just doesn't do anybody any good. So... If you find yourself being cynical when thinking about the things that you'd like to accomplish or hearing about other people's goals for the new year, I'd encourage you to really try to shut those feelings down and consider where that sense of cynicism is stemming from. Honestly, I could do a whole episode on cynicism because of how damaging it tends to be for everybody involved. A year is a long time, and we can change a lot in just one year. So I think that anybody having hope for a better version of themselves shouldn't be met with anything other than hope and encouragement, because it really is possible to accomplish a lot in that time span. The second thing I want to say is maybe a bit more controversial, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to communicate it in a way that makes sense. And that is the idea that the goodness of a year has very little correlation with how good it feels. This isn't something that I would have agreed with before living through my 2023. For me, 2023 was by far the saddest year of my life, and it was one of the hardest years of my life, but it was also one of the best of my life. I feel like at the beginning of every year, I, like a lot of people, will be like, 
2024 will be my year and I love that but when I look back on 2023 I honestly feel like 2023 was my year I find that to be really special because I think it's sort of rare to say that when looking back as opposed to looking forward I made so many new friends explored lots of new places and done new things but I've also been dealing with some family health struggles been in several unfortunate situations and have spent a lot of painful time thinking about the ways in which I need to be better But that second group of things, the ones that are less than fun to go through, in a lot of ways have contributed to 2023 being my year, just as much as the more fun things have. I bring this up to remind you, and me honestly, that just because struggles inevitably will come up for all of us in 2024, that in no way means that the year has been a failure, nor does it prevent it from being our year. We grow through the challenges we face, and it can definitely be a good thing, even though it doesn't feel good in the moment and might even never feel good to look back on either. So when you're imagining what it would look like for 2024 to be your year, maybe don't picture some shiny perfect life without struggle, because newsflash, that's not realistic, but slightly less obvious newsflash, that's also not the point. Okay, now that those things are out of the way, I think we're ready to dive into some more specific ideas about New Year's resolutions, most of which are about making your resolutions and goals for the year, and there will be a few towards the end more focused on the actual execution of our goals. This is definitely an episode where, as the listener, you should definitely feel free to cherry pick from all the things I'm about to share. This is definitely not a one-size-fits-all sort of topic, so just take the things that resonate with you and leave those that don't. These are just some ideas that I've gathered over the past year or so. There's absolutely nothing holy about any of them. The first thing that I recommend you do when deciding on what to focus on for your New Year's resolutions or goals is to take inventory of the season of life that you are currently in and see what it affords you to improve. Basically, try to figure out what sorts of goals are both accessible and urgent for the life that you are living right now, and these things can certainly change throughout the year as our circumstances change. For example, two of my focus areas for 2024 are to continue to invest in my relationships with my family members and to make new friends in Massachusetts. Right now, I'm living at home with my parents and sister, so that definitely affords me to improve my relationships with my family more than it allows me to have an amazing social life. So, in the beginning of the year, while I'm still living at home, my goals will be leaning more towards my family relationships. But when I move out in a few months, my life will naturally be a little bit more geared toward making new friends than it is to family time, so my priorities will shift alongside the shifts in circumstances. I realize that this might sound kind of obvious, and it is obvious, when we are intentional about looking forward, but it's too easy to let seasons of our life pass us by, having neglected the things that those phases were begging for us to work on. The truth is, some goals will be less accessible as changes happen. If I don't focus on my family relationships now, when I'm living with my family, when will I? When I'm busy with my city life? When I get an even more demanding job? When I move to a different state or start a family of my own? Clearly, now is the time to focus on it. Not taking advantage of my current circumstances and neglecting the things that it allows me to do would be a mistake. This, of course, isn't to say that working on relationships of any kind isn't a lifelong journey. The most important things in life aren't one-time things. They take continuous work. And so when I say that now is the time to focus on family for me, all I mean is that I'm investing more time and energy into it right now than I likely will be able to in the future. But I will, of course, still be investing time in the future as well. The next piece of advice that I have for making New Year's resolutions or goals in general is to make sure that not only the idea of accomplishing the goal excites you, but also that the work to get to the goal excites you as well. I think often when choosing a goal, we think more about what it will feel like to accomplish that goal than we think about the steps and work required to get to that point. 
When we do this, we can find ourselves spending hours every week doing something we don't enjoy in service of some far-off accomplishment that won't last long at all. Now, I want to be clear. I'm absolutely not saying that working really hard for a future accomplishment is a bad thing. I think that's a great thing. What I am saying is that the process should be enjoyable and meaningful, just as the moment of accomplishment should be enjoyable and meaningful. It's worth noting that enjoyable doesn't necessarily mean easy or pleasant, and what you consider to be enjoyable and meaningful will be different from another person. I think an example would help here. A fairly common goal that people have is to run a marathon, and I think that that can be a great goal for some people. But if you're only interested in the step of the marathon in which you cross the finish line, then any sort of running goal is probably not for you. To get to the point where you could make that one final last step, you'd have had to have made hundreds of thousands of steps before it with all of the training that goes into completing a marathon. And if you don't enjoy running or don't think you could enjoy running, this trade-off of hundreds of thousands of dreadful steps for one fantastic one is not going to be worth it. In my opinion, working for a goal like this is the same as working a job that you hate for the status that it brings. A piece of advice that I heard from Ali Abdal's YouTube channel really relates here. He recommends that you add the words, while enjoying every step along the way, to the end of every goal that you set. I think this is great advice for two reasons. First, when we're creating our goal, if adding that to the end feels impossible, that could be a sign that we either need to choose a different goal or shift our attitudes towards that goal. The second reason why I think it's good advice is because if during the process of working towards that goal, we find ourselves constantly hating what we're doing, those words, while enjoying every step along the way, can hopefully steer us back onto a path of more lightheartedness and joy. Now, I don't think this advice about finding enjoyment through the process can be applied to every single type of goal because there is so much variety to the goals that people have, and I'm sure that there are some examples that I'm not considering, but I do think that it applies to most. So I recommend that you keep it in mind when creating new goals and evaluate any current goals that you might be working towards against it. Next, I have two formats of New Year's resolutions that I'm going to be implementing this year that I think will be really helpful. Like everything else in this episode, this doesn't have to be New Year's resolution specific. So if you're listening in the middle of the year, feel free to take these and run with them now. The first idea I got from my friends Caroline and Mads, and honestly, I feel like I'm kind of late to the party on this one, so apologies if everybody already knew about this one but me, but it's the idea of an ins and outs list. The ins list is nothing more than a list of things, big and small, that you want to bring more of into the new year. The outs list is the same, but with things that you want to leave behind in the new year. I really like this method because making the list is really fun and makes the new year really exciting to look forward to. Also, because it's more casual, I find it to be a less stressful approach to goals. Your lists can have whatever you want on them, but I'll share a small, medium, and large example from each of my lists to give you an idea of the types of things that you might want to put on. Some of my ins are cold calling friends, cooking, and hope. Some of my outs are sweatpants, social media, and comparison. It's also a nice thing to do with friends because you'll draw inspiration from each other's lists and think about what you want to do more and less of together in the new year. The second format for New Year's resolutions or goal setting is to make a personal mission statement, which is exactly what it sounds like. Basically, just write a few sentences or phrases summarizing the values that you want to live by. I think this is a great method to implement if you aren't sure exactly what you want to accomplish in the new year, but you do have a vision about the kind of person that you want to be. This method is sort of the opposite of the ins and outs list because it's a bit more formal and it's also non-specific. so I actually think that it would be a really nice compliment to the ins and outs list. After you create your mission statement, it can and probably should change as time goes on and your values change. I also think that it could be good to read your personal mission statement every morning shortly after waking up. That's a goal that I have for myself in 2024. 
In my mind, a personal mission statement shouldn't be more than about eight sentences or phrases long, because the more you add, the less weight each statement seems to hold, at least in my opinion. With that said, if you find that adding more helps you, then by all means do it. I'll again read a few of the phrases from mine to potentially stir up some inspiration for you in case you like the idea of creating your own personal mission statement. Two of them are, look for the wisdom to be gained and goodness in every single person, because it is there. And remember that the world around you is awe-inspiring. Don't forget to feel it and don't be afraid to show it. Now that we've discussed some tips for creating your goals, let's talk about how to actually execute them. The first piece of advice for executing our New Year's resolutions is an idea that I took from James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, and it pertains to those resolutions that are a bit habit-focused, such as exercising or reading or flossing or meditating, stretching, really anything like that. And honestly, if you have any habit-related goals or resolutions, you should really read the entire Atomic Habits book. This is just one of the ideas that stuck out to me the most. As the name of the book suggests, James Clear is all about starting your habits small, small to the point where it's almost silly. For example, if you want to start a stretching habit, start stretching every day for just one minute. Or if you want to start a flossing habit, floss just one tooth a day. The key reason behind this philosophy is this. You have to establish a habit before you can perfect it. I think this truth is so often overlooked when we are trying to form new habits because we get so wrapped up in trying to do something perfectly that we'd rather not do it at all than do it part way, even though consciously we know that isn't logical. Before we make the perfect exercise routine, we have to have an exercise routine. Before we make the perfect meditation practice, we have to have a meditation practice. Working something new into your schedule is at least half of the battle of starting and keeping a new habit. Once you do that, progressing is relatively easy. What's great about this is that since progressing is easy once we are established, it means we can start incredibly small. Hence why he recommends starting stretching for one minute or flossing just one tooth. When we start our habits in these mini atomic forms, the amount of time and energy they require is so small that we really just might as well do it. And before we know it, you'll have established your habit, albeit in a miniature version, which you can then build upon to create a more thorough and importantly, more consistent version of that same habit. This is advice that I really need to take more myself, to be honest. I definitely can fall into the all or nothing trap when it comes to trying to incorporate new routines into my life. Yet another thing for me to continue to work on in the new year. Luckily, I think I have the next one relatively down. The final piece of advice that I'm going to give today is to be very intentional about the ways in which you talk about your goals with others. And this mostly pertains to the types of goals that are discreet, like doing a triathlon or writing a book or something like that. The truth is, sharing our goals with others feels really good. They tell us that we're amazing for having that goal, even though we haven't actually really achieved anything yet. And of course, it feels good to hear that from the people around us. In fact, several studies have shown that talking about your goals with others releases dopamine in similar amounts to if you had actually already achieved the goal you were talking about. As a result, you are less motivated to put in the work to actually achieve that goal, since in some sense, you have already received the reward by just talking about aspiring to the goal. And while this suggests that sharing your goals with others is always a bad idea, I don't think that's true either. Sharing our goals with others can actually help our chances of achieving our goal if we do it with intention. When we have somebody in our life that knows our goals, it creates a sense of accountability that wouldn't be there otherwise. If we fail to work towards our goals, it's not just us that knows about it, and therefore we will likely be more compelled to get up and put in the work. So we see that there's a careful balance that we need to strike here. Not telling so many people about our goals to the point where we feel rewarded despite not having actually accomplished anything, 
but also not telling nobody, since that would be neglecting ourselves the advantages that can come with added external accountability. I think this balance will be different for everybody, and you should feel it out for yourself if this is something that sounds right for you. But speaking for myself, telling one to two people about a goal is where I found the most success. Also, the people that I will tell will vary depending on what the goal is, because different people will be able to support me in different ways. When finding your balance, I think starting on the conservative side is a good idea. Maybe start with just one person. And if you find you need more accountability or advice, tell somebody else and do it one at a time. Recognize that it feels good to tell them and allow yourself to feel that pride since wanting to accomplish a goal is worth celebrating, but also be aware to not mistake those good feelings for accomplishment because you aren't there yet. Luckily, the journey towards achieving a goal really is the fun part, as corny as it sounds. I think setting goals for ourselves can be so fun and a really inspiring way to start off a new year. It's absolutely not necessary to make New Year's resolutions. It's not for everybody. But I hope that if you're choosing not to make any, it isn't coming from a place of cynicism. And if you're looking for an accountability buddy to tell all your goal seekers to, I will happily be that for you, whether you know me personally or not. So feel free to reach out. A year is just a long amount of time that goes quickly. And if we use it right, we can change a lot for the better. So here's to 2024 being great. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Accessible Intellect. If you liked it, I recommend that you check out my earlier episodes and subscribe so you never miss a new one. You can also leave up to a five-star review, which would help me out a lot. What would mean the most to me is if you shared the podcast with a friend. That, more than anything, helps me grow. A lot of work goes into making this podcast, and I want to make sure that it reaches as many people as possible. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like me to discuss, I'd love to hear about it. You can put that or any feedback in the Q&A section, which you can find at the bottom of the episode on Spotify. I truly love reading what you have to say. Your feedback and sharing makes a bigger difference than you realize. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.